In September 2020, the crowd at Vicarage Road erupted as the final whistle blew on Watford's 1-0 victory over them from up the road. Thousands and thousands of Hornet Heaven residents were in the stands to witness Watford's triumph in the first local derby for 14 years. Long after the game had ended and the stadium had cleared, two of the Watford Afterlife's most distinguished residents were still sitting in the rookery stand, savouring the moment. Henry Grover, the man who founded Watford Rovers in 1881, was with Ralph Thorpe, formerly known as the Alderman, who had been chairman of Watford Football Club in the early part of the 20th century. You know, Ralph, Henry said, there's nothing better than outclassing one's local rivals on the pitch. I don't aspire to outclass them off the pitch, of course, because I take greater pleasure than anyone in bad-mouthing those ghastly Bedfordshire douchebags, those pumpkin-headed slime balls. No, <laughs> on the pitch is where it matters. Jow, Pedro, nutmeg them, King Ken Semmer flip-flapped his way past them. We saw them off in style. Absolutely, Henry William. What's more, beating the team whose name must not be spoken makes me proud to be a Watfordian. After the years we've spent in the global spotlight of the Premier League, today's victory reinforces our club's local identity. It reminds us of what it means to be a team rooted in the community of South-West Hertfordshire. It matters where we're from. Eventually, still glowing with satisfaction, the two men made their way out of the ground via the ancient turnstile to the main part of Hornet Heaven. Henry went first. He pushed through the turnstile and strode onto the pavement of Occupation Road beyond. Except the pavement wasn't there. Occupation Road wasn't there. There was nothing. Nothing at all. Henry started to fall. He stretched out an arm and managed to grab the bottom rung of the turnstile. He found himself dangling over the black, ceaseless void of space. Help! Ralph! Help me! Occupation Road has vanished! Hornet Heaven Homeless Written by Ollie Wicken, read by Colin Mace. Earth Season 2020-21 Henry closed his eyes as he twisted and swung above the dark, never-ending nothingness. He'd always been scared of heights, but this time... It was the depth that was terrifying him. If he fell, he might never stop falling. Save me, Ralph, save me. I'm coming, Henry William, I'm coming. Henry dared to half open one eye. 
The blackness went on forever in all directions. The stadium seemed to be floating free within the cosmos. Now he dared to open both eyes. When he stared, he could see far distant sources of light. Clusters of stars, plumes of galaxies. Hornet Heaven had become unmoored from Watford. Unmoored from Earth. There, I've got you, Henry William. Henry felt the firm grasp of his friend's hand on his wrist. You're safe now. Safe? <laughs> I'm dangling perilously above the infinite emptiness of space. How am I safe? Because if I can just... Oh, oh, oh. The portly figure of Ralph Thorpe tumbled forward and dropped. At the last moment, he too grabbed the bottom rung. He dangled next to Henry, above the endless blankness. Whoopsie! After a short while as they clung on, the two men looked around to try to get their bearings. Henry could see that the Hornet's shop was still attached to the stadium and that the atrium was just beyond. The futuristic golden building that had stood on the site of the Red Lion pub since shortly after the arrival of the Pozzo family was no further away than usual. It was still across the road. But there was no road. It was floating in the vast chasm of space. Henry saw someone coming out of the atrium. Cliff Holton. Watford's greatest ever centre-forward was emerging through the doors. Henry gasped in terror that the big fella would plunge headlong into the eternal abyss. But the big fella didn't fall. He floated, gently moving his arms and legs as if treading water. Henry was inspired by the big fella's lead, not for the first time in his afterlife. He released his grip on the bottom rung of the ancient turnstile. He dropped. Henry William, what are you doing? Breaststroke will be best, I think. Henry spread his arms wide, smoothly and forcefully, and stopped his descent. He kicked with his legs. He rose up and away. Come on, Ralph. Race you to the atrium. Henry and Ralph swam into the atrium. Once through the doors, they felt a slight pull of gravity. They noticed that the yellow leather sofas and the programme shelves were hovering above the floor slightly. So were all the people. They spotted Johnny Allgood and Doggy paddled towards him. Johnny was Watford's first ever manager and had been the greatest football player of the Victorian era. He'd already mastered a subtle movement of the feet that was keeping him stationary as he hovered. Johnny, old thing, Emery said, gently swaying his arms like a Hawaiian hula dancer. What's happened to Hornet Heaven? Johnny, who'd written a book on football in 1898, had always been one of the game's great thinkers. Since his death in 1942, he'd used his fine mind to solve several crises in Hornet Heaven. He explained to Henry and Ralph his assessment of the current situation. 
My theory is that we're suffering a problem that's football-wide, gentlemen. Down on Earth, because of the coronavirus pandemic, football clubs are losing their connection to geographical locations. Ah, I'm afraid I'm a club founder of Little Brain, Johnny. You'll have to explain that. Yes, speak plainly, Mr. Allgood. Here's what I mean. In the land of the living, at the moment, fans aren't allowed into stadiums to attend matches. Football has become a television-only product, which means people at home are watching two teams playing on a patch of grass that could be anywhere. You mean, if people are watching Liverpool, they'll have no sense that the game's in Liverpool because there aren't thousands of screaming Liverpudlians on the other side of the advertising hoardings? Aye. Exactly. But isn't that a good thing? No one likes Liverpudlians terribly much. It makes football less about place. If the game carries on without visible ties to towns or cities, football clubs will become more like brands. For instance, Watford might become known as the Family Football Club, rather than representing a specific community in Hertfordshire. Golly! We don't want that, Johnny, old chap. You're talking about our hometown club. But if football without fans continues, supporters won't see or feel the presence of their club within their hometowns. Football clubs and local fans will become detached. But what's that got to do with what's happened to Hornet Heaven? I believe Hornet Heaven has become detached from Watford because football clubs are becoming less tied to their locality. We know our afterlife is powered by Hornet love. But the source of that Hornet love isn't as centred on the WD18 postcode as it was. Fans aren't able to come to Vicarage Road to roar their hearts out for the team. That's terrible. How can we fix it? A competently run test track and trace system on Earth would help. I mean from up here, Johnny. How can we reattach Hornet Heaven to the terra firma of the town? I don't know. I need to do some more thinking, Henry. Come on, follow me. Johnny Ogood wafted his feet as precisely as though he was still the deft inside forward he once was for Watford and England. He glided towards the programme shelves. Henry and Ralph doggy-paddled after him. At the programme shelves they found Bill Mainwood, Hornet Heaven's head of programmes, and his young assistant Derek Garston. Bill was flustered. This is terrible. The programmes are floating free from the shelves. 1907 homes are getting muddled up with 2014 aways. It's a disaster. Bill, in his panic, was attempting some sort of butterfly stroke, grabbing at programmes with outstretched hands. Derek, meanwhile, was manoeuvring elegantly, like a synchronised swimmer, stylishly plucking programmes from the air. 
Johnny asked him, Bill, where would I find a program from October 2003? Derek replied, I just saw a crew Alexander away floating past Mr Mainwood's left ear, Mr Allgood, sir. Which game are you after? Wimbledon away, 25th of October. Bill suddenly stopped his floundering. He looked deadly concerned. He grabbed hold of Johnny. No, Johnny. No one goes to that game. Needs must, Bill. No, Johnny. That wouldn't be right. That game is out of bounds. I'm sorry, Bill. This is an emergency. Johnny spotted three copies of the Wimbledon programme drifting past Bill's right ear. He reached for them and gathered them in. Then, turning around and relaxing into a graceful backstroke, he led Henry and Ralph out of the atrium to the ancient turnstile. Johnny, Henry and Ralph arrived in a compact modern stadium. The pitch looked pristine, brand new. They sat in one of the temporary stands that had been erected behind the goals. Watford took the field wearing all white. Henry recognised several Watford players that reminded him of the era. Oh, Stephen Kelly. Oh, Lenny Pidgeley in goal. At least Coxie's out there for a bit of light relief. Why have we come here, Johnny? To think. Being here might give us ideas on how to solve the problem we've got. I don't understand. This doesn't even look like Wimbledon's ground. That's the whole point. It isn't their ground. We're at the National Hockey Stadium. This is Wimbledon's third home match after their move to Milton Keynes. This was the start of football clubs becoming detached from their geographical roots. Henry stood up. No, I'm leaving. Now I know what Bill meant. Coming here is an offence to football, Johnny. I will not watch my team play at the home of Franchise FC. It's tempting because Danny Webber and Scott Fitzgerald are about to poach a couple and Paul Devlin is about to open his account for the club with an absolute pile driver apparently but I've never seen this match and I never will Ralph, we're going Ralph got up Johnny got up too and shook his head Ach, I'm sorry gentlemen I don't know what I was thinking Hornet Heaven is a drift in space and usually Desperate times call for desperate measures. But coming to watch football in Milton Keynes was beyond the pale. I apologise unreservedly. Let's get out of here before we see a ball kicked. Henry, Ralph and Johnny left the National Hockey Stadium through the ancient turnstile. On the other side, they swallow-dived into the void, then rose and swam back towards the atrium. This is awful, Henry said, as he experimented with a rather uncoordinated front crawl. 
I want Occupation Road back, Johnny. I miss the falling down fences at the back of the houses, the brambles. To me, that's Watford. To me, Ralph Thorpe said as he attempted a dignified side stroke. Watford is the town of which I was mayor. The town whose football club I rescued and guided into the Football League in 1920. The town for which I got a brand new stadium built at Vicarage Road in 1922. Johnny Allgood, gliding effortlessly, listened to his old friends and tried to marshal his thoughts. After he'd finished with football, he'd lived in Watford for the rest of his life. The town had been his home. But suddenly, the idea of home, in football at least, didn't seem to mean the same thing anymore. Were football clubs really playing at home when they delivered their television product on an identical pitch to all other pitches? In what sense was Vicarage Road Stadium Watford's home anymore, if it wasn't a place where fans could meet and belong? And what was home for the residents of Hornet Heaven if they were floating free in space with no attachment to the streets of the town? Henry was also pondering the implications of the lack of geographical connection. He said sadly, I was so happy today when we beat the filth from up the road, but I'll never again have the same satisfaction if it's irrelevant from which road one's opponents are up. It'll ruin the rivalry. I won't care if they're ghastly Bedfordshire douchebags if it doesn't matter that they're from Bedfordshire. The three men arrived back at the atrium without an answer to the problem. It seemed that all they and the other residents could do was to wait for Watford fans on earth to be allowed back into Vicarage Road. Only then could Hornet Love reforge its connection with the stadium's GPS coordinates of 51.6499 degrees north and 0.4015 degrees west. Up in Hornet Heaven, the solution seemed out of everybody's hands. Johnny, Henry and Ralph took their programmes back to the shelves. Bill was still thrashing about trying to grab programmes as they hovered in mid-air. Derek had found a rubber ring from somewhere and was floating serenely, reading a programme he'd caught, while bobbing gently in the wash of airflow Bill was creating. Johnny spoke to them. He revealed that they hadn't watched any of the Wimbledon game in Milton Keynes after all. Bill stopped clutching at programmes and said, Quite right too. The boycott must continue. You can't relocate a football club. Clubs have roots. They can't be ripped up and replanted. They need to stay grounded in their communities. Aye, Johnny agreed. There used to be an FA rule that clubs had to be named after the places they come from. But these days you've got a team called Hashtag United. I don't suppose there are any pubs in Hashtag for a drink before the match. Henry chipped in to try and keep things positive. Let's look on the bright side, chaps. It's not as bad for us up here as it is for people down on Earth. Wherever Earth is these days. 
Hornet Heaven may be spinning away untethered in space, but at least we still get to go to games at Vicarage Road through the ancient turnstile. Watford fans like us have been going to our Cathedral of Football for a hundred years, and not quite a hundred years, Mr. Grover, sir, Derek interrupted. Ninety-eight, to be precise. Yes, yes, first-class pedantry, Derek, but my point is, you should have known about the centenary, Mr. Grover, sir, because there's a thing about it in this programme I'm reading from the first match of the season, the game against Middlesbrough, Mr. Grover, sir. It says the club are planning several things to mark the 100-year anniversary in 2022. They're asking for fans to help by contributing their memories and memorabilia. It sounds like the club really does understand what our home ground means to us, Mr. Grover, sir. Johnny said, Interesting. I hadn't seen that. That might be an answer, Henry. An answer? To what, Johnny? To Hornet Heaven, having come unhitched from Watford. How? By refocusing people's love for Watford on the stadium. It's just possible that if enough people recall and share their memories of the Vic, the geographical specificity will create the spiritual gravity we need for Hornet Heaven to return to its usual moorings around Vicarage Road. Henry said, But that's out of our hands, Johnny. The alderman said, Exactly. Must we rely on the living to save the dead? Bill said, I'm sure Watford fans will want to help celebrate the stadium. It holds so many memories for them. It's a place of such belonging. Sorry to interrupt the story. I'm Ollie Wickham, the creator and writer of Hornet Heaven. Look, the thing that Derek was reading in the Middlesbrough programme was about a project called 100 Years at the Vic. The club wants fans to get in touch. Maybe you've got a piece of the old Vicarage Road Terrace or bits of turf. Maybe you've got an old season ticket book for the Schrodel stand. Maybe you've got memories of what it was like to stand next to the brambles on the bend or under a leaking gutter in the main stand enclosure. The club wants anything you've got that could be used for the book, video, exhibition and event they're looking to produce. The details of how to get in touch are on hornetheaven.com forward slash vic. hornetheaven.com forward slash vic. Please have a think about what you could share. Please. You'll be rescuing the souls of thousands of deceased Watford fans from floating homeless in space for the rest of eternity. No, really. You will. Look, I don't want you to think I'm emotionally blackmailing you by suggesting that Henry Grover, Johnny Allgood, Bill Mainwood, Derek Garston and all the other Hornet Heaven characters will float off to the far reaches of the universe if Watford fans don't step in and do something, but frankly, there doesn't seem any other way out of their predicament in the story. Please visit hornetheaven.com forward slash Vic to help. It'll mean Colin Mace and I can carry on with the story and arrive at a happy ending. I hope you've enjoyed listening so far. Thanks. The End Homeless was written by Ollie Wicken and read by Colin Mace. Please visit www.hornetheaven.com 
forward slash Vic to help.